And I know that lunch is, is on the way, and I know people's tired and hoarse and sweating from praying and preaching and going, but I'm excited about the miracles. JT, how's that foot feeling? Feeling good, ain't it? Look, he, he took the brace off of it, said feeling so good. Healing. One scripture, Jeremiah 2 and 22. Jeremiah 2 and 22. For though thou wash thee with nitre and take thee much soap, yet thine iniquity is marked before me, saith the Lord God. Let's bow our head and pray for the message. Lord, thank you for what you have done. There's no words to describe our gratitude for how you have touched and healed and blessed in this service already. You have broken chains. You have set people free. And I know, Lord, that there's yet things to be done. So, Lord, bless the preaching of your word. Lord God, give me understanding that I may feed your people. Let us be better. Let us be changed. And let us be ready to meet you when you come. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Would you give him one more hand clap? And I know you're hoarse. I know you've been lifting your voice. But could you just lift your voice one more time? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to preach on this one word today. Clean. One of the first things that you experience as a newborn is being cleaned. When those doctors get you and they're weighing you and making sure you're breathing, they're clearing the airway, and somebody's got a towel and they buffing you to a newborn shine. Babies, at least the first one, will give people this condition, misophobia, which is a fear of germs and dirt and anything else that a kid can touch or put in their mouth. The second one, you've already learned the first one survived. The second one, man, they can be uh, chewing on the dog's ear. They can be eating dirt, playing in the litter box. You don't even care anymore. As you know, they're going to live. But when you got a newborn, that first one, you clean everything. Or you throw it away if you don't want to take a chance. I would not wash baby bottles that had been under the car seat for a week I would throw them away when it looked like cottage cheese inside of them it was time to go I would just throw them away I couldn't take a chance on me smelling it I didn't wasn't about what could I clean it I didn't want to catch a whiff of what was there uh, so I wasn't going to fool with it and as a child grows it becomes the routine of frequent baths wipes sanitizer, everything's got to be clean. And that's what we do, isn't it? We clean. We tell our kids and we clean your room, clean the house, clean your car, clean the yard, wash your hands, take a bath, wash your clothes, all about being clean. There's cleaning products. Have you ever walked down the cleaning aisle trying to decide what to get? I don't look at nothing but the price. What's it going to cost? But there's soaps, detergents, sprays, 
wipes, solvents, stain removers, oxycleaner, tide pins, bleach, borax, all gain, arm and hammer. Just keep going. You can just keep naming thing after thing after thing. No more ring around the collar. Get you some whisk. Some of you young folks say, what? But if you grew up in my age, you saw that commercial all the time. Or either, I can't whistle anymore because of this neat little face I have. But it used to be Irish Spring, clean as a whistle. Clean as a whistle. And somebody one time said, well, that's as clean as a baby's bottom. Obviously never had children. And if it can't be cleaned, we want to smell clean for breeze. We won't wear stuff that's dirty. We wash it. We won't eat or drink out of dirty dishes. I won't. We wash it. Well, some people wash dishes. Some people won't wash dishes. We don't want to throw away that favorite shirt or that favorite blouse just because of a stain. You know, we're going to go look for the best stain remover. I got to save my garment. And so with that big plop of mustard ketchup mayonnaise hits that shirt or that barbecue sauce or salsa or hot sauce or whatever it is, or that dog jumps up there with his muddy paws, which happens at our house frequently, we're looking for whatever we can find to get rid of that stain. Because I can't wear it with a little faded, little light pink spot that used to be salsa. I was ironing a shirt for this conference the other day. Love hotel irons. Hit that steam button and it blew out rust water on my shirt. White shirt. I was like. But I was wearing a vest. So it hit it. Covered it. But it was there. Some things you can cover up but they're still there. We need to be clean. But if we can't. Get that stain out. You know, there's only so much that shout and tide can do. Our favorite shirt becomes a dust rag or a shop rag or it goes in the trash because we need to be clean. But in our scripture, the Lord is not referring to grass stains, mud stains, grease stains, or salsa. He's talking about something that has stained us to the core. He's talking about sin. And he says, you can wash yourself and do your best to clean up. And the outside might be smelling right, looking right. But there is one thing going on that's deep down inside that you can't get rid of. And that's sin. Sin affects the outside. But it resides inside. And you and me on our best day can't get rid of What's going on on the inside? In Psalm 39 and 5, the psalmist made the statement about mankind that every one of us at our best state is altogether vanity. And then he ended with Selah, or in other words, pause and think about that. I want you to think about this right now, that no matter how many resolutions you make, how many new leaves you turn over, However many times you said, I'm going to clean up my act, that will not get rid of what's going on 
underneath. When we first moved in this building, the carpet was rough. It was light brown and it was probably 20 years old, it looked like. And there was big black stains in places all across the front. Before we brought any chairs and we had a company come in, man, they, they cleaned this carpet from one side to the other. They was hitting them stains with that stain remover. And about 15 minutes later, it comes seeping back up. And he told me, he said, we're going to hit it again. He said, and see what it'll do. He said, but most likely, he said, about a week or so, he said, you'll probably see it creeping back up because it's in the fiber. And we can put the stain blockers on it. We can deep clean it and do all we can. But it's, it's all the way into the bottom. It's, it's in the core of it. And, and just ain't nothing we can do. We can clean the surface. And it'll look good for a while. But there's something that's going to just keep rising up. And no matter how we clean, it just keeps rising up. That's what the Lord was saying. You can wash. You can scrub. You can rinse. But there's something that keeps rising up, and I see it. It's still there. We were born into this, and we were born under this curse of sin. Sin affects the outside, but it lives on the inside. In the book of Matthew 23, Jesus addressed this. I'm not going to be long. I know it sounds like I'm, I'm just dragging. I'm not going to be long, but this is going to make the point, and then it's going to take off. But what you and I need to see today is we need to be clean. I know that scripture is like kind of, that's kind of a downer. Because I can't do, because we like to do things ourselves. Especially when it comes to sin because we don't want nothing, we don't want nobody to see that. We don't want nobody to know that even though we know God knows it. We pretend he don't really see. We like to just play it in our mind like God don't know. Surely he don't know that, but God knows. But in Matthew 23, and 25, he said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, clean first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. When something happens to you on the inside, it ought to affect the outside. But you can do things on the outside and never change the inside. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanliness. Yet even so, you also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. We've got to deal with what's going on on the inside. And let me tell you, if you don't think God is concerned with the outside... You're wrong. I'm, I referenced it a little bit while ago, but in the Old Testament, when you read about when people were unclean, before they could be pronounced clean, they had to take a bath and they had to wash their clothes. God was concerned about the outside. Let me tell you, and, and you don't put clean clothes on a body that don't take a bath, or at least I hope you don't. Because let me tell you something. You can put clean, washed clothes on your stinking body. 
And if you ain't took a bath in about four days, and see, people that go to camps know this. <laughs> Teen camp. Because little boys don't want, it's amazing that teenage boys who think they're trying to impress girls won't take a bath, but they're using that axe. And their hair is so wet from sweat that they can just style it. And then they spray it and seal it in there with hairspray or gel. And they throw on a fresh, clean shirt over their nasty rank, been playing ball all day body. And when we start praying with them in the altar, it's like you're working in an onion field. <laughs> I ain't lying. All these boys that went to teen camp going, come on, pastor. <laughs> hey, I found a toothbrush in a tennis shoe. <laughs> and it wasn't in a container. Some child was going to brush his teeth. <laughs> we all just dismiss on that. That's... What I'm trying to make the point is that the inside has got to be dealt with. And the Lord sees what's going on inside of you. No matter how you smile, no matter how you act, no matter how you shout, no matter how you pray or praise, He sees what's going on inside. And along with being born under this curse and into this sin, then there's everything we add to it. We grow up and we lie, we cheat still. We have addictions, perversions, hatred, whatever else you can think of. Anything, anything you can think of. It might be hidden on the surface, but it has become a stain on our soul that we cannot remove. And since I know that I can't do anything about it, it would be easily, uh, easy to just feel hopeless. But we are not without hope. And we are not without an answer. In 1 John 1 and 7, he reminds us of this truth. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. There ain't no soap that can do it. There ain't no detergent that can do it. There ain't no good works that can do it. On your best day, you ain't good enough. <laughs> Brother Larry, I remember you preaching that years ago. I, I wrote it down, marked it in my Bible that you preached that message that day. When your good is not good enough. And let me tell you, you and I, no matter how good we can be, no matter how kind we can be, it'll never be enough to get rid of a stain that only Jesus can see. You know it's there. He knows it's there. And he's the only one that can do anything about it. I can't do anything about it. But the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, he can do something about it. And you know, today we have to buy, well, I need a cleaner for this and I need a cleaner for that. I can't put that. That's, this stuff is for glass. This is for wood. This is for plastic. This is for metal. The blood of Jesus works on all of it. I don't need a different blood for lying and then a different blood for cheating. 
I don't need a different blood for sins of perversion or things like that. It's the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. And so while you might read that and realize, hey, maybe you're getting a revelation today. I can't ever be good enough. It's not going to be weighed my good deeds against my bad deeds. It's how did I deal with the sin that God still sees in my life? Did I let him make me clean? And let me tell you, there ain't no feeling like being clean. You ever been working outside somewhere, and I mean just maybe cutting grass and it's dry in the summer and dust all over your dust in your ears, in your nose, in your hair, everywhere, and, and there's nothing like that hot shower and that soap. You step out, man, oh, it feels good to be clean. But let me tell you, there ain't nothing that feels better than when the blood of Jesus cleanses your soul. And if you don't think you can feel it, you ain't been baptized in Jesus' name. Because when I went down in that water that night, it wasn't just the cold I felt. It was the blood running over my soul. It was a fountain filled with blood that was washing me clean. And all the things that I couldn't do anything about, God was doing something about them. We need to be clean. We need to be clean. Last page. You and I will never be able to do it. We must have an encounter with Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all and he is Savior of all. He is the Lamb of God. Believe me when I say you cannot make it to heaven without him. You cannot get rid of sin without his blood. You will never be good enough to just limp in, fake it in, sneak in. The only way you're going in is through the door. And Jesus said, I am the door. You are going to have an encounter with Jesus if you're going to deal with sin. Isaiah 1 and 18 said, come now. This is the Lord talking. And let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sin be as scarlet. Let me tell you, there's a lot of needs that we want to deal with. Though my job be terrible, Lord. Though my home life be awful, Lord. And let me tell you, God will help you with every one of those things. But right here, he didn't mention none of that because he said, none of, you can go to heaven with a bad job. And you can go to heaven with a bad home, but you can't go to heaven with sin in your life. The unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But now you are washed, you are justified, and you are sanctified in the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on, somebody. So he said, come on now. Let's reason together. Let's talk about this, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. There ain't nobody can do that but Jesus. When you sing it, can't nobody do me like Jesus. Number one on the list ought to be, can't nobody get rid of sin but Jesus. There ain't but one Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. There ain't but one precious blood that washes me clean. You ain't going to get there without an encounter with Jesus. Oh, I believe in Jesus. I believe he did miracles. I believe he's in heaven. I believe he's coming back to get a church. But do you believe him enough today to let him take away your sin? 
We want to believe him for healing and miracles and signs and a good life. We want life and life more abundantly. But he says, before all that comes around, let's deal with the issue. I don't need a bunch of people sprucing up just to look good for me. I need people clean. One place the writer said, you desire truth in the inward parts. Because he knows if you can get it in there, it's going to show up out here. And so the Lord said, let's talk about this. I can fix it. Oh, I don't know if you can do anything. If I can't do it, God, I... Oh, mercy. There ain't nothing too hard for the Lord. God can do it. And then God's not like us because see, we throw away or we change the purpose of something because it's stained and we can't get the stain out. So it can't serve its original purpose anymore. But the Lord said, even though you're stained and you're not serving your original purpose, I can change that. I can get away. Uh, I can get that stain out. I can get what's down deep inside out of you. I can get that sin out. I can get that iniquity out. I can cleanse you. I can make you whole. I can put my spirit inside of you and make you a new creature. And you'll be who I called you to be. The Lord washes us. He saves us. He restores us. But people, you know, people in the scripture, they want to answer sin with rocks. They catch a woman one day and drag her down the street and throw her down in front of Jesus and say, we caught her in her sin. We caught her in the very act of her sin. And the law said, Moses said, we ought to stone her. But what do you say? What you going to do with this sin, Jesus? And he looked, he said, well, which one of you with rocks? Whichever one of you don't have any sin, you throw the first one. And all of a sudden we realize that all of us have got that same condition that only Jesus can deal with. And they walked out one by one. And Jesus looked around and said, hey, where are those accusers? She said, no, no man's condemning me. He said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. We've dealt with this problem now. Don't do it anymore. You know, that's what he wants. He, he, he wants to deal with it and he wants you to change your life. He, he's he's going to get rid of it for you and he wants you to keep the vessel clean the Bible says that the wages of sin are death so I don't want sin in my life you can't gamble with that you hear me oh I, I, I know I, I'm good enough I'll make it in I'm fine I don't have to do all those things I, I know God will see how good I've been when he sees sin if you got sin you're going to be paid a sinner's wages and the wages of sin are death. Do you hear how serious that is? This ain't time to be playing around. Because you don't know the day or the hour of his return. And your life is but a vapor that appears a little while and then vanishes away. You don't know when you'll take your last breath. You don't know what lies around the corner. It ain't time to play around with God. It's time to have that conversation with him. And deal with what only he can make clean. In the book of, well, hang on, before I jump ahead. I'm, I'm about to end too, honey. If you want to come, you can come on. We can avoid that death because of the blood of Jesus and that he shed. We were singing it kind of, they probably didn't know why I was walking around singing that old hymn this morning. We used to sing, are you washed in the blood of the lamb? Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? He said, oh, that's an old-timey 
Hillbilly Bill Gaither song or something. You know, somebody wrote that song because they had experienced the blood of Jesus. And, and it might be old and it might sound clinky and planky and, and old timey, but you know what is so true? Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Woo! Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? And then we were saying that it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. The blood will never lose its power. It'll never lose its power. It'll never lose its power. If you don't think this is important, let's just go to the back of the book. And in Revelation chapter 7, in verse 13, one of the elders speaking to John says, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? They weren't always white. They weren't always white. So we like to think about as a, you know, as a changing room. But that garment's already there. The Bible tells me to keep my garment unspotted from the world. It's just going to appear where I can see it. <laughs> it's just going, one day it, it'll be seen. What are these which are arrayed in white robes and whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white. You can't make them white. But they were made white in the blood of the Lamb. They standing in heaven. And they didn't get there on their own merit. They got there because they had washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Let me tell you, it's going to take the blood of Jesus. It took it then. It takes it now. And if the Lord tarries a hundred years, it's still going to take the blood of Jesus to get somebody to heaven. You ain't going to never be able to whiten it up. You ain't going to be able to start a new trend and say, let's wear a different color robe. It's going to have to be white like no, no fuller in this world or no uh, laundry person in this world can make it white. You can't bleach it white enough to make it that white. Only the blood of Jesus can get rid of that stain of sin. And so this is the message that we preach today. And the message that we preach is not just, it's not our message, Brother Larry. It was the Lord's message. And Jesus said this to them before he departed in the book of Luke, Luke 24 and 46. Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer, die, shed his blood, and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance... And remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And Peter standing with those people that day heard the command of the Lord. And in Acts chapter 2 and 36 he said, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus who is the Lamb of God. Who you have crucified shed his blood both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this. They were pricked in their heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? How do we get this stain off of us? How do we get this off of us? He died at our hands. 
Maybe we wasn't the one standing in the crowd yelling crucify him. But let me tell you. It was our sins that he was looking into the future that he died for. It was my sins that he was going to the cross for. So I had what can I do to get this off? How can I be clean from this sin? I, I think about Pilate trying to wash his hands, saying I'm clean from the blood, but he can't get that blood off his hands that way. That water won't get rid of it. You can't cover it. You can't put gloves. You can try to cover it, but it won't go away. God still sees what you did, Pilate. God sees what we've done and, and though we wash and put on our best face and our best show he says it's still marked before me but Peter said I've got an answer for you today and for the rest of the world then Peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin the only way that we have, the only example we have, the only authority we have to deal with sin in this world is through baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Before our new birth, the only way we can get rid of sin's past, if we've lived 30 years, you're dealing with 30 years worth of sin. If it's 40 years or 50 years, I heard a man say the other night his mother was baptized at 88, and it was 88 years of sin that had not been dealt with. She loved God. She believed in him, but there was 88 years of sin stored up. But the Bible says that baptism is for the remission of sins past. And until we deal with that, we don't need to get too excited about the future. Because we're going to abort our future if we don't deal with sin the way Jesus said to deal with sin and the way the apostles directed us and instructed us here. And Peter's not making this up. This is exactly what Jesus told him. That you're going to preach repentance and remission of sins in my name. So how does the remissions of sin come? It comes through baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. He said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you, to your children, and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. He said, this is going to be the plan from now until eternity starts. <laughs> this is it, folks. Let me tell you. And I, I'm just showing you scripture. So what I'm asking you today, have you dealt with what is staining your life? We've been baptizing people around here left and right. People that have, have been baptized. And let me tell you if, you, if you've been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Ghost, because that's the baptism that most of us uh, knew before we walked into truth today, that's the only thing we knew. Praise God. Because it's a step of faith. People, people, most people will say, well, that's a, you know, an, an outward uh, work of an inward faith. Okay, I can, I can deal with that. If you did that because of faith, Fine. Now you've dealt with faith, let's deal with eternity. What's it going to take now to get me into the kingdom? I had faith, so I, I followed what the, pre the preacher said, be baptized this way, that's the way he baptized me, that's all I know. Praise God, it was faith. But now, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. What did the book say about dealing with sin? It said to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Because he is the Lamb of God. Because it is the blood of Jesus that washes away our sin. And when you get baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Ghost, that's faith, but there's no authority with it. 
there is a name that's above every name, and it's Jesus. Every knee's not going to bow and say, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, they're going to say every knee's going to bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so I'm telling you here today, and I'm telling you, I'm preaching because somebody needed to hear this today. You love God. You got faith. Praise God. He loves you. But I'm telling you as good as I'm standing in this pulpit today that the only way to deal with sin and the only way that sins can be remitted is through baptism in Jesus' name. You can be filled with the Holy Ghost. You still need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Acts chapter 10. Peter preached to the Gentiles. While he was preaching, they were filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues. The Jews heard them. And then Peter commanded them. He didn't say, hey, you know what we ought to do in about three weeks? Let's schedule a get-together and baptize you all if you want to. He said, who can forbid water that these should not be baptized as we were? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Jesus said himself, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from sin. Because it's sin that destroys us. Sin that keeps us out of heaven. What's he trying to save you from? He's trying to save you from sin. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That's Mark chapter 16. Stand with me. Now that we have, now if you've done that, you've repented of your sins, you've been baptized in Jesus' name, and does that mean sin doesn't ever try to attach itself to us any longer? No. The Bible instructs me again, keep my garment unspotted from the world. You know how you keep something unspotted? You wash the spots off. You know how you keep your car clean? Well, you, you could park it in the garage and never drive it again. That might help. But if you drive it, it's going to get dirty. Because it ain't quit raining. You know how you keep it clean? You wash it. So what do we do? How do we stay unspotted? If we couldn't deal with sin the first time, how do we deal with it this time? First John 1 and 9, just a little couple of scriptures passed where we're told that it's the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin. He lets us know that once that happens, from this point on, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all, cleanse, to clean us from all unrighteousness. Once we deal with sins that are passed through baptism in Jesus' name, hey, guess what? You're going to sin again. Oh, not me. You just did if you said that. <laughs> Because he that says he has no sin is a liar in lines of sin. How do I deal with it? Now we confess our faults. I write unto you, the scripture said, that you sin not. But if we do, we have an advocate with the Father. He didn't hand the job off to nobody else. It's still Jesus Christ that we go to to deal with sin. Have you been washed in the blood? I believe in it. That's awesome. Have you been washed in it? Have you been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ today? I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. That's awesome. Have you been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? Because the Holy Ghost and baptism are hand in hand. Born of water, born of the Spirit. 
I'm going to open this altar for an old-fashioned altar call. I'll give you a chance to come and pray. And if you've been baptized in Jesus' name, maybe you just need to come today and say, Lord, forgive me. Here's my faults. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. But if you hadn't been baptized in Jesus' name, why not step out today and repent of your sins? We have robes. We have water. We have towels. And we'll baptize you today in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't you want to deal with that sin? Don't you want to deal with that? Don't you want to let God take care of that problem? Only He can do it. Let's come and pray for a few moments. lift our hands and pray together right now Jesus we love you and we're so thankful God that you have made a way Lord that when there was no way out for us where there was no answer Lord you came and wrapped yourself in flesh that you might shed your blood to purchase us to wash us to cleanse us 
And we thank you for the precious blood. Hallelujah. It will never lose its power. Hallelujah. So we thank you today, God, for making us clean. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, today keep us and watch over us. Let us examine ourselves, oh God. Receive what you've got for us today in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen and hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for the blood of Jesus today? Hallelujah. Tell somebody about it. Tell somebody about it. And if you'll just look in the Word and study it, you'll find out that there's no other way. There's no other way. They wanted me to uh, pray for the food while we were down here so people can go up and just get in line and get your food and start eating. So we'll do that. Uh, If you have your tithes and offering, if you would just bring those up. The baskets are here at the altar. You can just put them in the basket this morning. We thank you for that. Let's pray together, precious Lord. Thank you for this service and all that has been done through your spirit in this place today. We thank you, Lord, for blessing our tithing and our offering. And we ask you to bless the food and bless this fundraiser today in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. God bless you. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. Let's let's go up and, and fellowship and have some good food. God bless you today.